G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. When we're suffering, what we want is for it to end. Today, now, get me out of here. But sometimes, sometimes that's not God's plan. Sometimes we have to wait. Great. Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond, and welcome again to the program as today we take a look at those times of suffering in your life from a different perspective. And do stay tuned, because in just a few minutes, I'll be telling you about the powerful prayer that could be coming your way to help you through whatever you happen to be dealing with in your life, just at the moment. Welcome to the last program in a week where we've been chatting about how to deal with a situation when people are plotting against us. At some time, it's something we all go through, whether young or old, rich or poor, people plot against us. It hurts. It's scary. It gives you this sick feeling of fear and dread in the stomach. King David of Israel wrote about it in 1000 BC in Psalm 31. And he uses words like affliction, adversity, anguish, sorrow. (laughs) I think he has it nailed. I think he's been there. And yet from the middle of his despair, he reaches out and says, You know something, God? I know you love me. and I'm going to put my trust in your steadfast love. It's an awesome thing. But... Right at the end of the psalm, he has one more bit of advice that's so important. It's about the time it takes for God to act. When we're going through tough times, one of the key things on our minds is when is this going to end? I want out of here today, now. Beam me up, Scotty. God, stop this from happening. In another psalm, in fact, in Psalm 6, David puts it this way. He says, my soul is in anguish. How long, O Lord? How long? That's exactly the question. God, how long is this going to go on for? Pretty natural question to ask. I mean, do you like suffering? Do you you like it when people are plotting against you? Do you like the uncertainty or the insecurity or the fear? None of us likes those things particularly. In fact, not at all. We kind of grow up with this belief that our lives should be, by and large, happy. You know, we we have a good life, we enjoy life, we get married, we have kids, we do all that stuff. But life's not always like that, is it? And when people plot against us, we get so outraged. This is so wrong, so unfair. It has to end. You have to do something, God. To be sure, sometimes it's the right thing to confront the issue. Other times it's not possible. But whatever the situation is, we want to race out of the suffering as quickly as we can. I think, though, at times, we want the suffering to end too quickly. What do you mean by that, Bernie? Suffering should end as quickly as possible. Well, sometimes we want to be vindicated and justified and on top again and in everybody's good books before God's really dealt with what he's dealing with in our lives. David, in Psalm 31, talks about this, the timing of of suffering ending. It's the last thing he says in the psalm. Have a listen to what he writes. Praise be 
to the Lord, for he showed his wonderful love to me when I was in a besieged city. In my alarm I said, I'm cut off from your sight, God. Yet you heard my cry for mercy when I called to you for help. Love the Lord, all his saints. The Lord preserves his faithful, but the proud he pays back in full. Be strong and take heart, all you who wait on the Lord. See, this issue of timing comes out. David talks about being like a besieged city. Now, a besieged city was about this. Cities often had fortresses, and sometimes they were very hard for enemies to attack. So what the enemy would do is surround the city, cut it off from its food and water supply, and basically starve the people to death. And, and sieges sometimes went on for, for weeks and months and even years. A long time, people were inside starving to death. And David was saying, look, when people were after me, when people were plotting against me, it's like being in a besieged city. The picture here is that it goes on for a while, sometimes a long time. And then he says, in my alarm, I said, God, I'm cut off from your sight. And that's exactly how we feel. When people are plotting against us, we feel like we're under siege and we feel like we're cut off from everybody, including God. God, I'm completely alone here. I I can't see you. He's not here. Panic. God, just get me out of here. Beam me up. Isn't our natural instinct to run, to be alarmed, to panic, to want to get away from this siege? But then David tells us what happened for him. God, you heard my cry for mercy when I called to you for help. And then he gives us a bit of advice. Love the Lord, all you saints. The Lord preserves the faithful, but the proud he pays back in full. Be strong and take heart, all you who wait on the Lord. He encourages God is a fair God, and sooner or later he comes through. Of course, we want him to come through sooner. (laughs) Today would be good God. But sometimes his plan is later. And David's final piece of advice is be strong and take heart, all you who wait on the Lord. Uh, Who wants to wait on God when it's hard and it's tough and people are plotting against us? Wait! Wait! I don't want to wait. (laughs) Be strong and take heart, all you who wait on the Lord. What a fabulous piece of advice. This wait on the Lord is often translated in the Old Testament as hope in the Lord. The word, the Hebrew word used for wait, doesn't mean to wait with hopelessness. It means to wait with eager anticipation. Sometimes God's trying to teach us some stuff. Sometimes God just has to let us go through things over a period of time to learn to depend on him and not on people to learn to trust in him rather than trusting in our circumstances or what we can see. That takes time. It takes time to bake a cake and for the cake to be ready. You pull it out before, it's useless. It's sticky and runny and it's horrible. Time has to pass. To be set apart from him, sometimes he lets us experience the rejection and the plots of other people. And David's advice is good advice. Be strong. Take heart, all you who wait eagerly in anticipation on the Lord. You know, the writer of Hebrews puts it this way. He says, when you're being disciplined by God, see, God disciplines everyone whom he loves. And no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but but it's painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Do you get that? 
This comes out of Hebrews chapter 12, verse 11. Therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and your weak knees. Make level the paths for your feet, so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather be healed. Stop running around. Just get a grip and know that God's up to something. You know, I think it's possible for us to run away from suffering before God is finished with it. Because none of us like being in a place of suffering. None of us like it when we're right in the middle of people plotting against us. David's advice is this, take heart and wait and hope in the Lord. The prophet Isaiah in chapter 40 actually uses the same phrase, wait in the Lord. And he says, when we wait on the Lord, we renew our strength, we rise up on wings like eagles when we wait and hope in the Lord. When the world's against us, it's a special time to find a refuge in Jesus, to experience his love, to taste his faithfulness and his goodness, and to let him lead us through that time. Time sometimes has to pass. And the best way we can spend that time is to wait on the Lord, to hope in Him, to expect in Him. It's a very, very special time. Before we go, I'd just like to remind you that if you have a prayer need, we would love to pray for you. Listen, the only sort of prayer that the Bible teaches about is the sort that has powerful results. Just let that sink in. The only sort of prayer that the Bible teaches about is the sort that has powerful results. So if you'd like us to pray with you, in fact, if you'd like our whole prayer community to pray with you, stop by online at powerfulprayer.org to share your prayer request. It's completely confidential. Your name won't be displayed. And in fact, while you're there, perhaps you could pray for one or two others and leave them an encouraging word as well. The Bible says that the prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective. So let us pray for you and with you. And let's just see what God does, how he intervenes, how he chooses to bless you. That web address again is PowerfulPrayer.org. I'm Bernie Diamond. I'll catch you again same time Monday with a different perspective. taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.